In the last century of the B.C. era, a man rose to prominence and power in the Roman Empire. He would begin his career as an adept politician, would go on to become one of the greatest generals in history, and then would become dictator of Rome before being brutally assassinated. In this week's episode of HPH, we're telling you the story of his early years and rise to power, and how the Roman Empire was ripe for his plucking. So, grab your drinks, settle in, and enjoy this episode of 100 Proof History, titled Julius Caesar Part 1, Sex and Politics. This is 100 Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Hello, boys and girls. It's been a while. It's, uh, it's nice to see you. You're looking nice. You're smelling sexy, if you don't mind me <laughs> saying. Uh, welcome into another episode of 100 Proof History. I'm joined by uh, Chris... Yep. Co-host, as always. Yeah, I guess. We're back. Was kind of yeah. not expecting this to happen, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Episode 101! <laughs> yeah! Gonna learn something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where to go after yeah, so I'm just gonna say yeah again. Let's just keep doing that for the next hour yeah. and a half and just end it. <laughs> this show's really falling off the fucking rails. Like, I listen to the intro and it's just yeah, it's for the next... I mean, I listened to the whole hour and a half, but... uh you know, I feel like this is a podcast done by Matthew McConaughey. This is fucking yeah, it's back and forth nonstop. No, uh, we we have to be here, as yes. you know. Yeah, uh-huh. we are contractually obligated in perpetuity. We thought last episode was going to be the last episode. Yeah, finally got to a hundred, which was the original contract that we signed in blood with mm-hmm. Wolf Dick. Mm-hmm. But now we have we we have a new sponsor. Oh, we do. So we're locked in. You know that we do. Well, I'm acting surprised for them in case they don't oh, know. Well, we literally discussed it in depth last episode. I don't remember that, but okay, go ahead. Uh, well, and we have to, of course, play their adverts. So, bottoms up. Get a Little Caesars Hot and Ready Classic for just five bucks, or try our extra most bestest pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni for just six bucks. And while we don't have bathrooms for you to jack off in while you put a loaded gun in your mouth, what better place to do that than the comfort of your own home? Kids love Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. And I'm supposed to read this, uh, don't forget to try our boneless pizza. So, <laughs> pizza. Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> there you yeah. have it. I always hate that when you're diving into a slice of pepperoni, but you know, like you got to eat around the the two little bones in the middle of it. You're like this is bullshit. This is some. What do you expect for five bucks? You know, <laughs> yeah. they just get that pig. Slice it up like that movie Cube or like they did in uh, the first Resident Evil with the lasers. Oh, yeah. And they just throw it on the pizza. <laughs> you know, so. Now with 60% less glass. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Five bucks. Can't beat it. So there it is. Obligations yeah. out of the way. 
I've, I have a strange feeling that they're going to abandon us as soon as we're done talking about uh, our current topic. But I don't know. I don't know how that how this works. Well, and it's very relevant to the current topic. Of it is Julius Caesar. Yeah, and we are talking about little Caesar today, not big Caesar, not uh, mm-hmm. Emperor Caesar. We're talking about little Caesar, and our uh, our main source this week is Caesar: Life of a Colossus by Adrian Goldsworthy. Uh, we talked about it a little bit off air. It's a pretty okay book, but it focuses very heavily on Roman history and not. There are chapters, and we've discussed this with other books. You're like, where? Where's the main character? Like, I haven't heard yeah. about this guy in like forty. This pages. is Roman history during Caesar's lifetime. Yeah, and to be fair, our episode today might sound a little bit like that, but we're just kind of setting the stage so you know some of the players in Caesar's life as well as his early days and rise to power, so we don't want to bury the lead a little bit, but uh, he is a big player in our story, and along with all these guys who are going to shape his life, as it were. Okay, so this is interesting, mm-hmm. and I'm only just now realizing it. I do see in the outline it says that our source is Caesar, Life of a Colossus, by Adrian Goldsworthy, like uh-huh. you just said. I just have Caesar by Adrian Goldsworthy. It doesn't say Life of a Colossus anywhere. So I'm not sure we're reading the same book, but it's the same source at least. Yeah. Yeah, It's probably the same general story, hopefully. Yeah. Adrian Goldsworthy didn't write two very different books (laughs) just to fuck with us. My research was wrong. (laughs) This is the new research. We're putting a a subtitle on it. Yeah. Life of a Colossus now. And I'm just reading the wrong shit. At some point, Greg's going to be like, well, my source said he dressed as Grimace. And danced around the forum demanding to eat people's hamburgers? Is that not what yours said? You're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Fuck you, Adrian. It is purple in color. So I can see where you would get that. There we go. Well, we haven't done this in a few weeks. Um, if you guys haven't watched our latest video, um, just want to go ahead and apologize. Had some personal drama. Had some traveling to do, so we had to delay it a l- our return a little bit. But we are back on schedule be doing this uh, every two weeks going forward just wanted to apologize to you because um it's kind of my default uh, position just apologizing for my existence yeah i'm sorry for nothing and i hate that you keep talking about all this personal shit and you don't detail it but whatever <laughs> that's what keeps them coming back because eventually during the show i will get drunk enough and i'll start just tearfully relating it to all of you people just giving you all the drama in my personal life and you're like, is this a joke? Because it's going on for quite a long time. Like, surely, surely he's uh, he's joking at this point. It's not uh, it's not true. Because if so, I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> is this a joke? Because it is not at all funny. <laughs> and that's the joke. You had to be there. Yep, and I was, and it was awful. Well, Gregory, are you ready for us to tell these people? Some of the story of Caesar, just a little bit of the story of Caesar before we tell the rest in a couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, okay. I mean, pizza, pizza. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Caius Julius Caesar was born on July 12th or 13th, 100 BCE in Rome, where they considered the date at the time to be the 12th of Quintilis, 654. And that was obviously before the month of July even existed because it's named after some spare part human who had no impact on history. Correct. 
Yes. Although we now know him as Julius Caesar, that was his family name, and it had been passed down for generations with Caius being the way he was identified as a youth. He almost said he had been born a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky. (laughs) Whoops. Had he been born a girl, his name would simply have been Julia, because girls in Rome were deemed unimportant and weren't given full names. I was waiting for you to make the sexist comment, but... uh, Like Cher. Yes. Or Madonna. She broke that tradition. Cher did. Like, you better give me three fucking names. They're like, no. It's Cher. She's like, watch this. 40-year musical career. Loved by the the gay community. Hell yeah. She dropped her nuts on the patriarchy. (laughs) As per Roman tradition, when Caesar was born, he was laid on the floor by a midwife and inspected for abnormalities. Once this was done, the parents had to decide whether or not they wanted to keep the kid. If they didn't, the child could be given away to another couple, but in most cases, it was drowned or fed to stray dogs. Pizza, pizza. (laughs) You imagine, like, the decision process, like it's mouth number six to feed, and you're looking over there, it's like, we already have two dogs. I mean, we can solve two problems here. You know, just, uh, whew. Mm. No, I cannot imagine. Yeah. They didn't have plan B back then, so that was plan B. The plan B pill was feeding it to the dogs. I feel bad for jacking off, honestly. There's <laughs> millions and millions of babies. Just death. Just yeah. a fucking genocide of your future offspring. Going right into that life-size hentai doll that I have. <laughs> Just, I don't It makes me feel bad afterwards. Yeah. That post-coital guilt, yeah. if you will. Doesn't stop you from doing it again, but, you know, those 45 you know, seconds are just hell on your, your soul. I've got a demon inside me, Chris. <laughs> and when it, when it needs to be let out, I let it out <laughs> inside of a life-size hentai doll. <laughs> it was actually uh, stitched together uh-huh. by an old woman in Romania. It is cotton, yes. <laughs> cotton and straw. <laughs> Yeah, it just absorbs. <laughs> it's just a scarecrow. Let's just be honest. <laughs> like, can you paint an anime face on that scarecrow? It's my my dick already looks like a tentacle, so this is all going to be on theme once it happens. But I want the scarecrow to really have... Uh, that's hilarious, by the way. I should have not glossed over the <laughs> tentacle dick. But uh, I, I want the scarecrow to have very unrealistic proportions and gigantic fucking eyes, please. <laughs> I wanted to see what's happening. <laughs> Winter's coming up. Yeah. Gonna have to make a snowman in the backyard. Not in the front yard for very obvious reasons. Yeah. Legal reasons, yes. Yes. <laughs> I last longer in the cold for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, Gaius Julius Caesar, the older, you know, the dad of Caius Julius Daddy Caesar. Caesar. Yeah, Daddy Caesar. He liked his son enough not to feed him to Caninus. <laughs> Julius Caesar. You get it? Oh, hilarious. That's what they named their dog. That's funny. So hilarious. <laughs> He's an old Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, funny funny videos of him being a dog, you know? It's just... <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, Julius's dad was a Roman senator, and the family was from the patrician class which was a wealthier and more politically powerful class than the plebeians, which comprised most 
of the filthy, dirty, common people of Rome. Because of this, Caesar, like other sons of senators, was able to receive a pretty good education in Greek, Latin, and history, particularly the history of how his family impacted Rome. From those lessons, Caesar and these other boys were taught just how uniquely special they were to Rome and how they were destined to be great men. Which is normally how serial killers are born. It is. <laughs> very, yeah, I've noticed some, uh, some very interesting similarities in this story and other stories that we've covered, and that was one of them. That was the, you're, you're destined for great things, baby. You know, if the only the only difference is he's not being raised by a single mom who's telling him that while she's sleeping around with all these other dudes. It's everybody telling, true. telling him he's destined for great things. And Flavor Aid doesn't exist. Not yet, but maybe it will by in the story. Stay tuned, listener. In addition to regular old book learning, Caesar would have been given physical training, which focused on attributes that would prepare him for a military career. And one of my favorite parts of the book here is how weirded out they were by the Greeks who went through a similar training but did it completely naked and, you know, would also have sex with each other afterwards. And they're like, that's that's too far. We need to put on some clothes and stop being, you know, gay for each other. That's not what PE's about. (laughs) Yeah, they did the the gay thing kind of behind closed doors. Yeah. As much as, like, you know, pop culture or movies or whatever like to portray Romans as being very open – Sexually, especially with like the uh, the bisexual stuff. Yeah. That was very, it was frowned upon. And so it needed to be done kind of in secret. Just like our modern day Republican senators, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly like them. <laughs> Looking at you, Lindsey Graham. You never call me back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Caesar was also taught how to ride a horse. And according to ancient sources, proved to be an outstanding horseman who could ride a horse with no hands, guiding it only with his knees, and presumably his penis. You know, switch sides of the horse. You know, flop flop it over there. Oh, I know to turn this way because it's heavier on this side right now. (laughs) (laughs) And that that was another thing I was talking about. We have a lot of history stories where the main character or, or the one we're profiling was a great horseman. Like, that needs to be something you need to be good at to be good in history. I've never ridden a horse. That explains my fucking life. I did pretty well in uh, Legend of Zelda. Yeah? So I'm, you know, basically an equestrian expert. Even in Red Dead Redemption, I'm just tripping over rocks and my horse is dying. I'm like, fuck you, horse. I'll find another one. Fuck you, you stupid. I have this horse reviver, but you're not worth it, you stupid bitch. <laughs> it trips, so you pull out the shotgun and shoot it. <laughs> Why did That's that your lose fault. Why did that lose me reputation? What is this horse shit? <laughs> I'm a good guy. (laughs) And almost as equally as important as all of his learning and military training and horsemanship, sons of senators were allowed to hang out around the Senate and listen to them give powerful speeches, calling each other stupid doo-doo heads. I mean, that's, yeah, it's not far off from the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I added a lot to that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Greg's right, you guys. Listen to Greg. (laughs) Yeah. In 91 BCE, when Caesar was just nine, the smaller nations of Italy that surrounded Rome were hot pissed. They had been Rome's allies for over 200 years and hadn't gotten jack shit for their efforts. 
They decided to unify and form a country, and Rome wasn't going to have any of that. Let's see. 91 BCE, mm-hmm. when Caesar was 9. Numerology from our last Ooh. video uh-huh. episode. <gasps> 91 plus 9. 100 proof history. Ooh. It all adds That's up, That's right, baby. Yeah, do the math. Woo! Thus began the social war. Zuckerberg versus those twins who actually came up with Facebook. But then Zuckerberg took all the credit, and now he's creating a universe called Meta, where you put on Oculus goggles and pretend your life isn't a fucking horrible sham. It's the Matrix people. And then he steals all your data while he does it, gives it to the rest of the lizard people. And it makes you show up at Dealey Plaza expecting JFK Jr. to <laughs> anoint Trump the 17th president of the United States due to a weird bylaw thing that happened when Grant was being elected, but didn't. Yes, that everyone but these people on the internet ignored for 150 years. <laughs> well, at first the Romans were led by Caesar's uncle, a dude named Gaius Marius. But he was 60 and too damned old to be leading an army. So after a few easy victories, he returned to Rome and was replaced by a general named Lucius Cornelius Sulla. Over the following few years, Sulla won a few major victories and was hailed as a hero. But the war was basically won by the Romans telling the Italians that any country that surrendered would be annexed into the empire, which is exactly what the Italians had wanted in the first goddamn place. We won, guys, we did it. Mission accomplished, hang the banner. Mm-hmm. which was the highest elected office in the country. As consul, he was put in charge of taking on Mithridates in Greece and Asia Minor, and he was all stoked to go to war, but while he was in Italy gathering his army, some other senator, a guy named Sulpicius, proposed and passed a bill that put Marius in charge of the war against Mithridates. Sulla said fuck that shit and marched his army on Rome, becoming the first Romans to march upon their own city. After quickly defeating Marius' forces, he once again left the city to focus on Mithridates. And so again, he's he's got this army, right? Yeah. And uh, he's just like, yeah, we're still going to perform this function that I want us to perform. But even though he's doing it under the name of Rome, this has made him an enemy to Rome. Yeah, so crazy. <laughs> it's weird, right? Yeah. And a little-known fact, Sulla also passed a decree that stated Marius and Sulpicius were enemies of the state, and it was illegal to kill them. So, Sulpicius was killed by one of his slaves. Sulla rewarded the slave by giving him his freedom for being such a good citizen of Rome. Then he had him thrown off a cliff for being a disobedient slave. (laughs) You see a lot of this shit. Yeah. In this story, I guess around that time... There's going to be a little something uh, later in the story that happens to Julius Caesar himself, where there's this kind of duplicitous uh, behavior, this rationale that is very unique, I feel like, to this story. Yeah. It's like you work at a gas station, right? And you're you're supposed to sell lotto tickets, and you stop a guy from robbing the store by beating the shit out of him and, you know, hand him over to the cops, but while you're there... Some other dude steals six lotto tickets and the place fires you for being a shitty fucking employee. <laughs> what the fuck? Come on, man. Yeah, it reminds me the other day I was at a gas station. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I walk in 
And the guy at the front says something about a mask mandate. I'm like, what? Where is this masked mandate? Because I didn't get my invite, you know. And I would love to, love to get one little masquerade party, you know. Yeah. Just a bunch of bros hanging out, having a good time with our shirts off, but our masks on. Yeah, that way you can't be identified mm. when the videos get posted to the internet, even though you have all those tattoos. They're easily identifiable. <laughs> <laughs> no, baby, what's me? Look, you can't even see my face, uh, his face, you know? <laughs> That's a penis in your mouth, husband. <laughs> <laughs> you have one of those stupid masks that open up so you can eat. <laughs> open up in the middle, <laughs> but, you know, there's like dick going in. Anyway. <laughs> I just want to go on a mask mandate. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> It's like the mass singer, but a whole lot more erotic. Yeah. Well, while all of that was happening, Caesar was going through some personal life turmoil. When he was 15, his dad Gaius bent over to put on his shoes and dropped fucking dead on the spot. This made Caesar the goddamn paterfamilias, or head of his household, for you people who don't know Latin or haven't seen the hit 2001 movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> Idiots. Yeah, stupids. Only 20 years old. Where you been? 14-year-olds. Fucking morons. (laughs) And that allowed Caesar to call off his arranged marriage to some nobody named Kosuchia. Instead, he married Cornelia, who was the daughter of consul Lucius Cornelius Cinna, inventor of Cinnabon. People don't know that. And the original Sin. (laughs) Yeah, because he was a sinner. <laughs> well, you know what? I hate the sin, but I can never hate sinner. Never. <laughs> I can't hate the sinner. <laughs> well, Cinna decided that Caesar should join the priesthood known as the Flaminate. and decided to make Caesar Flamen Dialis, which was the priest of the god Jupiter. This role came with some wacky rules, such as the Flamen Dialis couldn't spend more than three days away from Rome couldn't see a corpse or an army in action, couldn't ride a horse, or have anything tied in knots in his house, his hair had to be cut by a slave using a bronze knife, and his cut hair and fingernails had to be buried in a secret place. I don't know what to say, that's just fucking wacky. Yeah, it speaks for itself. No jokes to be had. (laughs) Yeah, it's just weird. That's wacky. Yeah. Well, way off in Greece, Sulla was kicking ass in what became known as the First Mithridatic War. He soon took a shitload of territory from Mithridates, who was forced to sign a peace treaty. Cinna knew that the next step for Sulla would be to return to Rome, so Cinna decided to take the fight to Sulla instead. And maybe I haven't been clear here, but Cinna's running Rome. Sulla's the one who's actually in charge of Rome, but he left to go fight Mithridates. And so Cinna's like, oh... Time for daddy to shine. Like, oh, fuck, he won the war. Oh, God, he's coming back. Oh, God, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> yeah. He's coming back his... with the gigantic army. Yeah, that kicked the shit out of uh, Marius earlier. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Who really has the power here? Yeah. So, in 84 BCE, Senna loaded up some warships and headed across the Adriatic Sea. He got across with one group of soldiers, but when they found out they weren't going to be paid much, they'd be fighting fellow Roman soldiers and their reinforcements had been lost in a shipwreck, the soldiers decided they wouldn't be fighting. Senna attempted to restore order through strict discipline, but instead he was stoned and stabbed to death by his own men. (laughs) 
Panic struck Rome. Senators either led weak, ineffective armies up against Sulla, or they simply fled Rome and joined Sulla's side. Over the following year, Sulla defeated armies that would have overwhelmed him if they'd worked in unison, and then, in 82 BCE, he marched on Rome for the second time. Now, instead of leaving to go fight another war, he just decided to go ahead and make himself dictator and began what are known as proscriptions. That reminds me, I gotta go pick up that Valtrex. I was gonna make a prescription joke. (laughs) Dang it. Go ahead. It was Valtrex. (laughs) God damn it. For some reason, we both have herpes on the mind. I don't know. It was a wild weekend. (laughs) It's good to see you, though. It was. It was good. (laughs) Basically, the prescription worked like this. Sulla told the Senate to drop a list of enemies of the Republic. These enemies, quote-unquote, were stripped of their citizenship and sentenced to death. Anyone who killed one of these guys would get a part of their estate with the rest going to the Empire. And so, what happened was a bunch of random rich dudes made the list, they were killed, Their heads were placed on display at the Forum, and their bodies were dragged through the city and dumped in the River Tiber. Yeah, and this is weird. Basically, this obviously incentivizes people to rat out their acquaintances, try to formulate some proof, some evidence, which, if they have this plan, probably easy to do over the course of six months to a year. And uh, then it's a bunch of he said, she said. There's no video. There's no audio. This is a time without 100-proof history, right. if you can imagine that. Um, and so it's just very much a he said, she said thing. But people could team up against one person. Be like, yeah, I heard him say this. Yes, I also heard him say that he wanted to overthrow the <laughs> yeah. Republic. And right. then they could split that up. Yeah. Very, very bad, bad deal going on here. God, I wish this would happen again. Elon Musk would be my bitch. Oh, like, oh man. That guy, that guy said he, uh, he hates America. What's the I would own my government? whole block. <laughs> I would own my, especially now that there's audio and video. Oh, yeah. Because I'd be like, hey, I'll give you $1,000 just to say this as a joke into this microphone. <laughs> and my neighbors would say it. And I would cut out the part of me offering them, <laughs> and I would own this block. Yeah. And there was some story, I think it's Caligula that we covered. We've covered a few Roman stories, but I think it's Caligula, which happens like 500 years after this. And so it could tell you the standard evidence that was required at this time. Or like, I think it was Caligula where one dude like said he hid up in the attic and heard people talking bad about Caligula to get mm-hmm. a bunch of Roman senators like That's executed. Right. Yeah. And so that's all it took here. It's like, oh, yeah, he said some bad shit. Like, oh, okay, add him to the list. Let's do it. I want a piece of that estate. And as a side effect, it kind of cured all of Rome's economic woes because the country got so much money from all these people they murdered and threw in the fucking river. Yeah. Well, Caesar, who was only 18 at the time, wasn't deemed important enough to be added to the prescription list, but he was married to Senna's daughter, which Sulla didn't care for. Sulla ordered Caesar to get a divorce. But Caesar, he refused to leave his boo. Good for him. That's, you know what, that's... Stand it's romance, man. That yeah, is. That's romantic. Like if President Biden came down here and told my wife to get a divorce, she'd be like, oh, where the fuck do I sign? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that free out. A warrant was issued for Caesar's arrest for defying the dictator, which was punishable by death. So Caesar 
went on the lamb. Like rode a lamb out of town. Traveling by night to avoid detection and sleeping outdoors like some kind of wild goddamn animal, Caesar made his way to Sabine, which was northeast of Rome, to hide out. During his journey, he contracted malaria and was having issues with the illness when he was captured, and to earn his freedom, he had to offer a bribe of 12,000 silver denarii, which was a hundred times the average soldier's annual salary. Eventually, his mommy begged Sulla for forgiveness, and Caesar was pardoned and allowed to return to Rome to begin his political career. Oh, Yeah, it's nice. You love to see it work out. Yeah, my mom would not do that for me, especially after this personal drama that's happened in the last week that I'm not going to talk about on the show. Just tease you guys some more. God. <laughs> my mom got pregnant by Greg, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the truth is out. Uh, there it is. Okay, fine. We can move past it. <laughs> She's 60, but uh, <laughs> yeah. somehow I've, I've found a way. He's so potent. Life, uh, life finds a way. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, my mom, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Except uh, not hung like Goldblum. God, it's so big. Those pictures. I still haven't seen him. I, <laughs> I don't want to uh, hurt my manhood more than it's already hurt. <laughs> hey, it may be short, but at least it's skinny. Okay? That's right. <laughs> Well, following his return to Rome to gain attention, Caesar began to dress in an odd fashion for the son of a senator. He wore a long-sleeved tunic with fringe sleeves and a girdle that he kept very loose, none of which was the style at the time. What was the point of a girdle if it didn't shape you, make your hips look good, make your breasts stick out? Yeah, this fool's wearing jinkos in, like, 2015. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> And, while it was fashionable to be closely shaven and keep your hair short, it was rumored that Caesar had all of his body hair removed. Which, how do you do that in, like, 87 BCE? Like, they don't have Brazilians back then. Yeah, they do. Surely. <laughs> Ripping the old b-hole hair off. How does that well, I mean, rumor... it's not like a plastic thing, but yeah, Shoot. wax. Yeah, how's that rumor wax get spread papyrus. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Maybe he was open about it. Yeah. Just sitting there. It's, like, it's just like rubbing his b-hole. Like, oh, Suki really got in there this time. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, it's this uh this place I go where she puts the strips on your butthole and rips all the hair off and she smiles at you while she does it. And it's kind of weird that she's enjoying it so much because it's immense pain. I have never felt such pain in my asshole. I'm like, God damn it, Caesar. This is too much. This is... Don't you think you're going a little too far? Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to be nice and smooth. You know? Yeah. To... I mean, I'm sure he's just open to talking about it more than anything. Yeah. Kind of like me with the little, the Playboy uh, tan mark thing uh, that I get at the salon. You know, the little Playboy bunny to show me <laughs> what my skin normally is and how much I've tanned. Yeah. Nobody can see it, but they're going to hear about it for sure. Bank call-in radio shows. Yes, sir. What song would you like to request? Uh, uh, actually, <laughs> I've got a, a Playboy Bunny uh, symbol on my lower abdomen from tanning. <laughs> all right, sir. Uh, what song? No no song. That's all. 
All right, well, here's this, radar. This love. is going out to the radio, right? <laughs> you know, I was like 25 before I found out that they don't actually take requests. They just wait for you to request a song they're going to play anyway, and then play that request before they start the song. Mm-hmm. Didn't got know a rotation. That. Thought it was just all requested. I was like, oh yeah, call up here. I want to hear In a Goddard Vita all 18 minutes. It never got fucking played. It's bullshit. In 2018. Yeah. <laughs> 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 On the hits station. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guy. Just request Kesha or something. Some Bieber. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I used to call in to a radio station when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, this is probably fifth grade, maybe fourth grade. And I would request uh, White Zombie. Uh-huh. It would take so long for them to play it, I would get impatient. As a kid does. Yeah. Like, I I expect to hang up the phone and then it starts, <laughs> plays, you know, yeah. but it doesn't. If it was, like, more than ten minutes, I called back. And I would use a different voice. I swear to God, this is so embarrassing. I would use a deep voice and be like, hey, could I hear White Zombie's... <laughs> <laughs> shit like that and eventually like one of the dudes i got he had enough and he yeah. was just like all right kid it's coming up don't worry like, thank you goodbye <laughs> like hey this it, is rob uh, zombie i'd really like it if you play my song oh <laughs> uh, it's so like cringy to think about now but i legit did that yeah whatever we oh live well in- I live in the age where you don't request anything i don't even know if requests are a thing anymore on the radio it's because fucking youtube now yeah, you're just like, oh, they're not going to play what I want to hear. Let me just listen to this shit over here. Yeah. Stream Spotify. it through my Bluetooth. Yeah. I bet I can order the uh, the songs I want now with my hot and ready pizza. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> just comes with a SIM card stuck in the middle instead of one of those white tables that other pizza places give you. Well, when you. they pull the bones out, they, put, they can put a SIM card in its place. <laughs> I love Little Caesars for inventing boneless pizza. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> well, anyway. So Caesar dressed like a weirdo, kept his hair short, and also, unlike his fellow future politicians, he lived in the slums of the city. He didn't drink or feast often, but when he did, he was focused on making sure his guests had a good time and didn't overindulge in food and wine. Fucking loser. I <laughs> know. You come to my house... I'm already drunk when you get there, and it's only going to get worse through the night. This is only half a joke. Like, the last few times I've invited people over for, like, dinner, I don't remember them leaving. She's like, yeah, let's have another oh, I know. One. Yeah. And you've got poker night on Friday. Yep. I know you're going to lose all your money. Yeah, but then I'll, I'll earn Probably it Probably not to me. I'll earn it back when you're in, in my guest bed. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> By bringing you snacks and water, you pervert. Jesus. And also blowing you. But mostly the snacks. <laughs> well, way back in those days, the Romans had pretty strict rules about who could hold political office and how old they had to be. So if the 18-year-old Caesar wanted to be in the Senate, he was first going to have to serve in the military like a goddamn hero. Like Greg. Oh, thank you. His first post was working for the governor of Asia, Marcus Minucius Thermos. He was best bros with Sulla. And he also keeps your coffee really warm in the morning. Yeah. A little alphabet soup, you know? Mmm. Oh, hey. Chef Boyardee ravioli? I prefer that straight out of the can, but some people... I don't uh, want that shit warm. It's ugh. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 
Stop trying to class up the joint, you know? Just admit it. You're eating dog shit. <laughs> Do it cold or get the fuck out. <laughs> you know you joke, but every time I type this guy's name, the Google Doc was like, what the fuck are you typing, you idiot? No, it's spelled like thermos. Like, keep soup warm, you goddamn mm-hmm. moron. <laughs> well, thermos made Caesar one of his <laughs> tent companions. Mm. which meant he stayed in the same tent as Thermos and performed whatever tasks that were asked of him. (laughs) Mm. With his mouth. Yes. Such as speaking. Yes, speak for me. Because that might sound shady, but there was actually nothing untoward happening. As we discussed earlier, the Romans like to keep that on the down low. We're going to advertise the tent companions, you know? The basic idea was that young men would serve as aides and would also learn about warfare from a senior general. During his time, Caesar... I love young men with aides. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They're just a little more, I don't know. Dangerous. (laughs) It's like playing Russian roulette with my butthole. Jesus. I was talking about having fun with protection. <laughs> oh, okay, They're no, more my... adventurous. You know, <laughs> okay. Time might be limited. <laughs> I'm not a bug chaser, Chris. Jesus. Uh, it's fun. You give it a try. Well, during his time, Caesar helped Thermos capture the city of Mytilene. And in doing so, Caesar earned the civic crown, which was Rome's highest honor for gallantry. None of the ancient sources are clear on how Caesar earned this award. But if we know anything about history, and boy do we, hmm. it's safe to say that he probably single-handedly killed and captured a bunch of Nazis. That's how you do it. That's how you win the awards. Everyone hates Nazis. Yep. Well, most people. 76% of America hates Nazis. There's probably some sympathizers in Dealey Plaza, other, <laughs> but most people. Now, it was also during this time that Caesar was sent to Bithynia to ask King Nicomedes for some warships. Caesar was gone longer than he was supposed to be, which prompted rumors to swirl that he had willingly become one of Nicomedes' lovers. Mm. Now, like we said, there were gay Romans, even gay Roman senators, of course, but generally, they weren't cool with that kind of thing, and uh, they kept it on the down low. Shit, I forgot this was in the outline. (laughs) It's all right. It's good. It still works. talked about it flippantly earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's really driven home. If you remember anything, it was not cool to be gay in Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely the, you know, it's a misconception. A popular misconception was that it was just like two dudes would, you know, leave the party together and then go bone. Yeah. And everybody knew about it, and everybody was cool yeah. with it. No, no that, wasn't the, that wasn't the thing back then. This scandal would follow Caesar for his entire life, with future political opponents referring to him as the Queen of Bithynia. We should cancel all of those political opponents of Caesar's. Let's do it. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I agree. We should bombard their Twitter feeds. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to cancel... <laughs> I've been on the cancel defense for so long. I don't know what the offense actually is. I don't is. know how you actually cancel somebody. I just know. I'm so if, scared of it, but I don't if know. If someone what it tries is. to cancel you, you just double down and go on Joe Rogan's podcast. And then. 
you're okay. You know, just move on. If anybody tries to cancel me, I'm going to make a a video Mm -hmm. on YouTube and I'm just going to put ivermectin inside of my asshole. (laughs) So, like, I think that's what you're supposed to. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm being honest here. I don't know. Over the following years, Caesar served in a couple different military posts, but in 78 BCE, Sulla, who had retired to the countryside, up and died from liver failure caused by constant excessive drinking. Fake news. <laughs> Not going to happen. I take milk thistle every day. It's a liver support vitamin. I'm never going to die. Continue, please. <laughs> Caesar booked it back to Rome to officially begin his political career. His first political role was as an advocate, which was a fancy Roman term for a lawyer. These advocates focused on mostly political crimes, such as bribery or embezzlement, and it was a way to get your name out there by either defending a well-known figure and thereby becoming his ally, or by prosecuting a case that would benefit another ally. Typically, defense was reserved for super important and powerful dudes, so Caesar was relegated to the prosecution. He's got the guy up on the stand, he's like, how many kills you got in Call of Duty? He's like, I got like 300. Oh my god, case closed. This guy came across state lines just to kill people. It's a Kyle Rittenhouse joke. Yep, (laughs) prosecution is doing an awful job in that. (laughs) So bad. By the, I'm time sure by this the comes, time this comes out, he's yeah. uh, he's gonna be in a bar, drinking, making yeah. white supremacist hand signals <laughs> as he did uh, post killing. God, the video of him like pretending to cry on the stand—it's unbelievable <laughs> how fake that looks. <laughs> zero tears, zero yeah. tears, and then the side glance to the fucking jury, like yeah. I feel like there should be some perjury charges for that. There, sh- there should be. Like, I know that's not legal, but... <sighs> it's like every time my wife catches me boy can on, dream. on Grindr, I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm just suicidal. <laughs> I look over and she's not buying it, and I'm just like, okay, well, fuck it. I did my best. <laughs> Get my phone back. Get my phone back. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. There. Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> I did. Even though I did. B.B. Charles wants me to hit him back up. Give me that fucking phone. (laughs) B.B. Charles. (laughs) Unbelievable. Well, Caesar's first trial in 77 BCE was against the former governor of Macedonia, a guy named Dolabella, who was accused of stealing money from the government. It was a hopeless case because every governor made himself rich off of his province, and Caesar would actually do this later for himself, and none of them were ever convicted. But Caesar gave a powerful, well-thought-out argument that won him praise throughout Rome. Oh, fuck. He definitely won the case. No, Greg. He couldn't come up with a Johnny Cochran rhyme, and that's the key. Oh. So, in the end, he lost the case. But his name was gaining more political weight, and he was going to need that going forward. They told Dolabella to stop taking his blood pressure and arthritis medication (laughs) before he had to try on the glove. Yeah. Yeah. Genius. Genius move. So smart. I I would try and come up with a rhyme for embezzle, but I got nothing. 
Like, if he doesn't schmezzle, he didn't embezzle. Like, oh, fuck, this guy's, he's getting off. But I'm obviously no Johnny Cochran either. If in my bosom he doesn't nezzle, then Dolabella did not embezzle. <laughs> he just rips open his shirt. And, there's and the two- judge is just fucking looking around like, what the fuck is this? But the jury's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Johnny Cochran. That rhymed? Rip- Johnny Cochran rips open his shirt and there's two perfect breasts that he had added just for that trial because he is so dedicated to his clients. And he's like, you want to you wanna lay in here? You want to lay right here? Dolabella's like, no, it's, it's a little weird, man. Case he closed. had breast augmentation. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, he still had that Edward Norton in American History X tattoo above his <laughs> left, left breast. What a weird twist would that be? If Johnny not Cochran welcome. was a white supremacist, and he's grilling Mark a not, Furman. A literal Nazi. <laughs> grilling not Mark Furman on the stand. He's like, I've seen you at the fucking meetings, man. You can't ask me these questions. No, 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 no. <laughs> you said the N-word case closed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Caesar and uh, his oh, story. Mm, yes, yeah. yes. We'll get back to that. But I think now it's time to take a break. Just reflect on this whole thing. And then we'll come back and uh, Greg can tell you some stories about Caesar, maybe. I don't know if we'll get to him. We'll see. (laughs) Who knows? Who can (laughs) say? But what I can say is that I'll see you on the other side. See you at the crossroads, crossroads, crossroads. You won't be lonely. You won't be lonely. All right, we are back from break. Hope you guys enjoyed that 10-second interlude. We sure did. It was probably like an hour for us just drinking, having a good time, remembering that uh, we don't always have to hate each other. You know, it was like uh, those old 90s drawings of a black hand shaking a white hand. I think we solved all of our problems, brought peace to the podcast during that break. Basically, yes. Okay, good, good. I'm glad you agree, because I was getting very nervous that you were just about to <laughs> throw down the headphones and walk away. But now uh, we're back. We're going to tell the second half of the story, but for our new listeners, and we do have quite a few new listeners, we're going to do something here. And it's just for you guys. It's not for those people who have been listening for a long time. Those idiots, we got them hooked already. But for you guys, it's time for all of us to pop open a second half seltzer. Second half salsa. Second half salsa. Second half salsa. And a one, two, three, pizza, pizza. Mmm. I am refreshed. I'm definitely not drunk anymore. I took that all the way down to five percent. So yeah, basically water. Yeah. I did the. New pepperoni-flavored seltzer <laughs> sold only at Little Caesars. I do have the Little Caesars boneless seltzer. It's pretty good. It's pretty oh, solid. nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. You got the new one. I've, I've got bones in mine. <laughs> Just clanking around in the can. Mm-hmm. Well, Greg, we have a long way to go and a short time to get there. So you ready to load it up and truck it through the rest of the story? I was built for trucking. You sure were. Look at that ass. Cross country, 
Hitching rides. Mm-hmm. The truck stops. <laughs> mm. Beautiful truck, truck stops. stops of this nation. My God. Yeah. Well, following Caesar's prosecution of Dolabella, he had pissed off some very rich and powerful people. So he decided it was time to improve his education by traveling to the Greek island of Rhodes to study under the tutelage of noted scholar Apollonius Malone. And uh, this guy was, you know, he had tattoos on his face, uh, pretty big into marijuana culture, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he was not Post Malone. It's uh, Apollonius Malone. His songs were so. still very sweet, like surprisingly like romantic. You're like, oh, I, I expected so much more thuggery from this guy with the face tattoos, but you know, right. they pulled my heartstrings a little. Mm-hmm. Auto-tune does magic. <laughs> well. It was along this journey that a Caesar legend was born. The salad. No. Oh, shit. The pizza. Is it weird you can't get a, a little a, sa- a Caesar salad at Little Caesars? Is that weird? I think you used to be able to. Yeah, probably. Back when they were in Kmart and stuff. What? You don't remember? I'm so fucking old. Jesus Christ. Little Caesars replaced all the snack bars in Kmart before Kmart went out of business. And Jesus... That happened like 20 years ago, so now I, I feel awful, and I want to kill myself. Kmart's had snack bars? Yes! Everybody has a snack bar. Target, Walmart, you can go in there, get some popcorn and pretzels and stuff. And then slowly they replaced them with like Starbucks and Subway restaurants, which are dead to me. But uh, for a while there, Kmart had Little Caesars. You can go get a hot and ready pizza from your Kmart, but... uh those don't exist anymore, so I'm just going to climb on this ice floe and you can just push me out to sea with all the other old people. Oh, Subway. Yeah. That brings back painful memories. Mm-hmm. And we might have actually raised a lot of question marks earlier. Yeah? You know, talking about the previous Subway endorsement, but for those unfamiliar, <laughs> just know that they no longer endorse us, but yes. here we go. This segment brought to you by Subway, where you can get a tasty cold-cut combo and jack off in the bathroom while you have a loaded gun in your mouth, fighting back tears. Oh, and don't forget to get it toasted. <laughs> so I hope that clears up some confusion. Yeah, it doesn't. It added more question marks, but uh, go back and listen. If you go back a few episodes, you'll understand. I wonder if they're owned by the same parent company, because that's the same uh, background music. <laughs> it seems, yeah, like they have a... Maybe, you know, they're just both uh, so affordable that they use no license music, like unlicensed free use music for all their ads. Oh, that'd be weird. That'd be (laughs) way too weird. (laughs) Well, back to the uh, Caesar legend being born, one of them. As his ship traveled off the coast of Asia Minor, near the island of Pharmacusa, it was suddenly captured by pirates. I was captured once with an Asian miner. Uh, almost by the uh, police <laughs> almost got extradited but uh sucks for those guys i was in north korea so you can't do anything about it god damn you <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to save him greg get your mind out of the gutter just trying to take him back to america where he can live a normal life of course it was a him as my sex slave no no plead the fifth can i plead the fifth on this show yes okay good <laughs> well, they took Caesar to their camp, and 
When they found out he was from a Roman patrician family, they were super stoked and demanded a ransom of 20 silver talents for his release. Caesar laughed at them and said, Bitches, please. I'm worth way more than that. And he insisted that his ransom be raised to 50 talents instead. He sent out his entourage, save for his doctor and two slaves, and over the next 38 days he became good friends with the pirates, as his friends went from town to town raising the money for Caesar's ransom. When they returned with the 50 silver talents, Caesar was released unharmed. Caesar then went to the nearest city, which had provided most of his ransom, and despite having no authority to do so, he raised an army and went right back to Pharmacusa to attack his abductors. His force quickly overwhelmed them, and he captured all of their booty, including his own ransom money, which he returned to the towns that had raised it for his release. The pirates were taken prisoner, and Caesar went to the new governor of Asia, Marcus Ioncus, to demand their execution. The governor thought it would be a better idea to sell the prisoners into slavery, so Caesar rushed back and ordered the prisoners to be crucified before the governor could sell them. Since he had spent over a month becoming their best bro, he did them the favor of slitting their throats first, before crucifying them. It's a good dude. What a it's nice a guy. Nice, yeah. You know? <laughs> you know? If I'm going to have somebody crucify me, I hope it's a bro. It's going to be like, <laughs> hey, man, I hear you. <laughs> oh. You know? Listen, before you go, I don't want you to suffer, so I'm going to slowly strangle you while I stare into your eyes and watch the life drain out of them. You're a true friend. You're my my best buddy. Yeah. Good guy. Great Good guy. guy. Just so nice. And it set a precedent of him doing things quickly. And the governor wanted him to wait. And he's like, no, no, no. These pirates, they're hot and ready now. So, they gotta go. Hot and ready. Pizza, pizza. Eventually, Caesar did make it to Rhodes, where Apollonius taught him how to be a better orator, and thereby, a better politician. You know, because that's, that's what it takes to succeed in politics, mm-hmm. is being good at oration. Just look at uh, our 45th president, Donald yeah. Trump. He, he's no better good. Make example. talk word. Yes. <laughs> or our 46th president. Uh, a a certain Mr. Joe Biden. Yeah. Who uh, sounds like he's falling asleep. He did fall asleep at the conference while we were on break. Oh, The old G20. Yep. This shit's boring. I don't blame him. (laughs) Well, it was here that Caesar also again honed his military skills. Mithridates was back at it again and raided some Roman allies near Rhodes, prompting Caesar to once again raise an army without any authority to actually do that. He then used that army to drive Mithridates back out of the Allied territory. While he was at school, the 26-year-old Caesar was once again appointed to a priesthood in Rome. This time, it was with the pontiffs, which was a pretty important gig. There were only 15 of them in the entirety of Rome, and they didn't have to suffer through the same weird rituals and rules that the Flamandialis priesthood would have demanded of them. Basically, his job in this role was to spread religious knowledge by word of mouth, but we don't really know how Caesar did this or how good he actually was at it, if he was good at it at all. I like to think he was 72 BCE's answer to Joel Olstein. 
Like he just has the TV shows, the private jets, you know, the church. He doesn't let people in when there's a disaster. They're just living it up, being a good, good religious human. It sounds about right. Because real talk, Caesar didn't believe in religion. He kind of faked it to appeal to the masses. He was basically an atheist. He thought all the Roman gods were just a bunch of voodoo stuff, but he knew that people ate it up. So, Oh, so a politician. No, no, no. Modern politicians don't do that, Greg. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. <laughs> the next time Caesar's name showed up in Roman records was in 72 BCE, when he finally won his first election into a political office as one of Rome's 24 military tribunes. This basically made him an officer in the Roman military and was seen as a required stepping stone to the Senate. No records survive of Caesar's time in the military, but based on the timing, he would have served in Italy where the slave war was raging on. This was the war waged by former slave Spartacus, who had raised an army of escaped slaves and spent the better part of two years kicking the shit out of every Roman legion that was sent to oppose him. It wasn't until the Romans sent a general named Marcus Licinius Crassus to stop Spartacus that Rome was victorious. By the time he was 30, Caesar was extremely well-educated and had proven to be an adept and courageous soldier. Also, his home life was pretty great. He'd been married to Cornelia for almost 15 years, and at some point between 83 and 76 BCE, Cornelia had given birth to a daughter named Julia. And now Caesar spent most of his days in Rome banging married women of powerful senators, including Marcus Crassus, even though if they were caught in the act, he could be executed. <laughs> Better way to go, right? <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Thrill the chase. Yeah, right? A little bit of danger involved. And Gregory, little known fact, in ancient Rome, the aristocrats used the marriage bed for procreation only, and recreational sex was to be found outside of the house to keep the wives from having to submit to their husbands, quote, shameful desires, end quote. And this is probably why Caesar was able to have sex with so many married women. I do have a small exception here. Mm -hmm. It wasn't for procreation only. But it was primarily for yeah, procreation. They barely fucked when they were married. Some of them did a lot, you know. But it was the a very accepted. No, it was a very accepted thing for uh, the men to, as you said, take their shameful desires elsewhere. Yeah, but that didn't preclude people from being in love. Yeah, and then you know actually doing things that you read about. In uh, in the storybooks. <laughs> the Harlequin novels. Yeah. yeah. Not things that happen in our real lives. but Yeah, it, it, it They happen in someone's life where the husband and wife want to have sex with each other. <laughs> yeah. You know? Isn't it weird how modern societies kind of like flip that on its head where the, the wife is free to seek sex outside of the house, uh, you know, just bone whoever she wants, and the husband's only expected to have sex for like making babies and stuff? Weird. Is that true? <laughs> well, I don't know. Let's ask my wife. Let's call her up. <laughs> I don't know where she is right now, okay? Uh, well, Caesar didn't stick with his lovers for very long, with one notable exception. A woman named Servilia, who would go on to be his mistress for most of his adult life. 
She was the half-sister of a guy named Kato, who will play, uh, let's just say, a pretty big role in this story going forward. Yeah, he was in that guest house. He heard the loud banging outside. Like, star witness, right? Ah, uh, Kato Kalin joke. Yes, uh, yes. O.J. Simpson murder trial joke. 28 years. Nailed Been waiting it. for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Servilia was, uh, she was the widow of Marcus Junius Brutus. And she had a son who was also named Marcus Junius Brutus. And uh, he'll play a pretty prominent role in Caesar's story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always trying to attack him while he eats his spinach and saves olive oil. That's the Brutus I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> That's an old fucking reference. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it was around this time that Gnaeus Pompey was becoming a household name as a Roman hero. Way back in the days when Sola was hanging out, beating up on Mithridates, and intimidating Cinna, Pompey fled Rome to join up with Sola's forces. It was here, as a 23-year-old, that he raised two legions of soldiers and won several victories on behalf of Sola. When Sola returned to Rome... Pompey happily partook in the proscriptions and killed several senators, earning the nickname the Young Executioner. I think it's also Travis Scott's street name now. Jesus. (laughs) Too far. Line crossed. Uh, A lot of ins and outs of that story. A lot of ins and outs. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and unlike Caesar, he divorced his wife when Sola told him to. A few years later, Pompey was given a command in Spain to take down the rebellion led by former Roman general Quintus Sertorius. This wasn't as easy as murdering the shit out of hapless senators, but in the end, Sertorius was betrayed by his own men and assassinated, and, of course, the rebellion fell apart, allowing Pompey to claim victory. Then, on his way back to Rome... He captured and executed some of Spartacus's old buddies that had escaped the wrath of Crassus. Because of this, Pompey would claim he was the one who had actually won the slave war. And man, the idiots of Rome ate that shit up. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch sports, but this reminded me of like a hockey game where it's like 7 nothing, and some dude scores an empty netter and acts like he won the fucking game for everybody. I did it. It's me, guys. Fuck that guy who did all the work. The guy had four goals. Whatever, man. Didn't count till I won the game for us. Yeah, so you can apply that to basically any sport. I just, you know, remind people that hockey exists. Go check it out. That is a very apt observation. Thank you. I would even call you an apt pupil. (laughs) Well, you're a Nazi. My old neighbor does have some funny ideas, you know? (laughs) (laughs) In 70 BCE, Caesar was elected as a quaestor, which was the only minor political role he was eligible for at the age of 30. This job entailed a range of financial and administrative tasks, but the main role was to serve as a deputy governor in a far-off province. In the year 69... (laughs) (laughs) Caesar was selected to go to Spain, but before he could even check his bags and take off his shoes for TSA screening, his Aunt Julia and his wife Cornelia died of death. No. Moment of silence. 
<laughs> his aunt was given honors by Caesar because of her age and service to the country. But when he gave similar honors to his dead wife, everyone thought he was kind of a weirdo and basically a cuck. <laughs> Look at this bitch loving his wife. Yeah. What an Ugh. idiot. Been married for 15 years, have a kid together. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> Probably wants to play flag football. None of this tackling yeah. no more. <laughs> Caesar spent about two years in Spain before booking it back to Rome to serve in the Senate. Once there, he remarried, this time to Sola's granddaughter, Pompeia. It was around this time that Pompey, who had been elected as a consul, was getting all war horny. He wanted to go fight the pirates in the Mediterranean. Like, what is he? Six? (laughs) Just wants to go fight some pirates. Wants to go fight Johnny Depp, except he keeps drinking ouzo and eating gyros and (laughs) and speaks in a weird accent no one can understand. Remember that episode I drank all that ouzo for? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the Alexander episodes. Yeah, you finished. Oh, is that okay? Good. I was kind of throwing that out there. Just (laughs) do you remember? (laughs) Because I don't. (laughs) Well, at first, his only supporter in the Senate was Caesar, but eventually, support grew, and Pompey went off to war, where he made quick work of the pirates, mostly by allowing them to surrender and giving them farms. Good way to win. Farms aren't just like a commodity that exists without uh, people. Yeah, just taking it for somebody else. So yeah. There, there, yeah, there was a lot of peasants, uh, plebeians that were completely fucked by all of this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're uh, we're gonna give your farm to somebody. What? But uh, yeah, no, 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 no but it's for Rome. Uh, you questioning the glory of Rome right now? Is that what I you're doing? Guess so. Start sharpening the knife. Start putting up the cross for the crucifixion. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Why is he doing that? It's not even Easter. There's no clan meeting tonight. I would have been invited. <laughs> Jesus hadn't even been born yet. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus invented the cross. He did. Well, the following year, Caesar was elected as an aedile, and his main role was to throw parties and festivals. Yeah, I think that's pronounced Adele. I mean, same role. Still throwing parties and, you know, festivals and stuff, but, you know, just a bunch of songs about breaking up. Oh, like Adele. (laughs) She sings the songs that my heart would write if it had hands, okay? I feel like those would be very bad parties. (laughs) All right, everyone's here. We got the the, uh, Coke table over there. Mm -hmm. We got the champagne fountain. The, uh, we got some... Charcuterie boards over here. Hello. <laughs> it's me. Oh. No, no, don't leave yet. We won't validate your parking. <laughs> I've been wondering after all these years if you would like to meet. Come back. Please, please come back. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Caesar's partner was a dude named Marcus Bebulus who was bitter as fuck, that even though he did the same work and pitched the same ideas, Caesar got all the credit and public praise and you know all the glory for the massively over-the-top parties that they both threw. Hunter-proof history. Fucking main host getting all the credit. 
Do all this work for nothing. Kill Dan. Hundred proof history. There we go. Caesar would stay in this role until the year 63 BCE when he was elected as the new Pontifex Maximus, which served as head of the pontiffs that he had once been a part of. Well, this was a it was a pretty big deal because he still played a role in the Senate, could still fight in wars, and they gave him a sweet new house in the center of Rome, which that meant a lot. That's a big status boost. Yep. Meanwhile, the consul election had turned out to be a goddamn mess. The winner, Marcus Crassus, accused his opponent, Lucius Catiline, of attempting to bribe his way to victory, and then accused Catiline of trying to overthrow the government. Sounds... <laughs> familiar? Anyway, Caesar was also implicated in the plot, but managed to escape any real suspicion of wrongdoing. When five of Catiline's co-conspirators were captured, the current consul, Marcus Cicero, spoke before the Senate, demanding their execution. He was strongly supported by Cato, and both of them were hot-pissed at Caesar, who was advocating for exile instead of execution. At one point during the proceedings, Caesar received a note that Cato demanded be read aloud to the Senate, because he was just fucking sure... It was part of a grand conspiracy. Well, it turned out to be a lewd love letter from Cato's half-sister, Servilia. <laughs> she just <laughs> dipped her boobs in ink and pressed it up against some papyrus. Give this to Caesar. He knows what it means. Uh, just the, the poetic justice of Cato <laughs> yeah. demanding it be read aloud. All right, like, motherfucker. Hey, thanks for that good dick, Caesar. <laughs> My brother Cato could, uh, you know, he could never do that with his wife. So <laughs> Cato's just staring on. Like, Played yourself. Fuck, fuck. Well, the men, you know, they still wound up being executed, but Caesar gained even more popularity. In the following year, he was elected as a praetor, which basically made him a judge and a senator. Not much happened that year, other than he got a divorce from his wife Pompeia, after her lover Clodius was caught sneaking into a girl's only party while disguised as a female harpist so he could bang her. <laughs> Such a weird history note. They wrote that shit down. We don't know what Caesar did for like a year, but we know his, his wife's lover dressed in drag so he could break into a party and bang his, his wife. Well, I mean, it's very notable. It's I remember hearing about this before like actually reading this book. <laughs> like It is a notable thing. Because it's so strange. Yeah. Because, like, they ask him to play the harp, and he's like, oh, shit, I don't know how to do this. And that's how he got busted. <laughs> Clodius was put on trial for violating a sacred ritual, but he was acquitted when Caesar refused to testify against him. Caesar spent the year 61 in Spain serving as the governor and making a shitload of money, which was, well, was a good thing because he was heavily in debt. When he returned... He was finally old enough to run for the position of consul, and he won one of the two coveted positions, alongside his old, bitter buddy, Babulus. So I have two things here, and one thing I forgot to put in the outline, but it starts happening here, and it'll come up later. Uh, when he's in Spain, either this time or earlier, serving as the uh, lieutenant governor, he starts suffering epileptic fits and having seizures, so that's important to know going forward. Also... Kind of, you're going to see a lot of names, like 
all the time in these stories because of the weird Roman rules about how old you had to be for certain positions. All the same guys would run for the same position at the same time. And so, like, Biblis, like, he was co-consul, but he was also co-Adele throwing the parties that made everybody sad. You know, it just keeps going forward through time like that. That's why you're going to have all the conflicts, and that's why we're naming all these dudes that may not seem important to Caesar's story, but they will be. Well, now that Caesar had some real political power, Pompey came to him looking to get a bill passed that would give his veterans land in the eastern territories. And again, this is just taking shit from <laughs> random Who peasants. Who cares? Like, All right, you own this now. They're nothing. <laughs> Nobody remembers their name, I'm just saying. That's true. Joining them was Pompey's old political rival, Marcus Crassus, who wanted to increase protections for tax collectors. The three of them formed the first triumvirate and became a political fucking powerhouse. But we all know the best triumvirate was the Canadian prog rock band Rush. And they became a rock and roll powerhouse. I hate Getty Lee's vocals. I can't, I can't get over <laughs> Getty Lee's vocals. I'm sorry. <sighs> it's an acquired taste, but Neil Peart's rocking it back there. Neil Peart's taking well, care of he business. Was. Yeah. Well, he did. May he rest in peace. Getty Lee's up there singing about Lord of the Rings and the Ents and stuff and trees coming to life. And you're like, oh, yeah. I dig this because I've been smoking a lot of weed and watching Lord of the Rings on a loop on TBS. I should probably go to work. And your wife's like yelling at you. Get your ass off the couch. We got bills to pay. And we're like, oh, no, no, no. This is when Gandalf comes back. Wait, baby. This is a good part. It's a good part. She's like, and you've just been listening to 2012 by Rush on a fucking loop. Are you ever going to get your life together? I say, well, if this, this life ain't together, I don't want to put it together, baby. I'm staying home and enjoying myself every day, baby. You're the yeah. one that's a slave to the system. Are you ever going to get your life together? I financed this, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Who pays for your TBS, you, you fucking leech? You broke dick son of a bitch. <laughs> Do you have to actively masturbate while you're talking to me about Getty Lee? Uh, there's only two things I masturbate about, baby. It's Getty Lee and Gettysburg. <laughs> you, you pick your poison. Check out my podcast, Hunter Proof History. No! Fuck you! Stop saying that! Uh, well, when Caesar proposed the bill, Cato said it was a good idea, but he was going to vote against it because it was too costly. Hmm. Caesar needed the vote to take place in January because the consuls alternated power each month, and Bibulus would shoot it down out of spite. Knowing this, Cato filibustered the vote, prompting Caesar, fucking arrest him. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <yeah. laughs> oh yeah. Get those political dissidents. <laughs> Caesar then held public forum after public forum until the plebeians were practically demanding the law be passed, and Cato had no choice but to relent. This was a major victory for Caesar, who soon rewed a woman named Calpurnia, who was the daughter of Lucius Piso, the man everyone figured would be the next consul. He also married his own teenage daughter off to the 47-year-old Pompey to cement their political bonds. In the years ahead, those bonds would break, and Pompey and Caesar would become bitter, bitter enemies. But first... Caesar was going to prove that he was indeed a great general. And uh, that is where our story will pick up next time. 
end of this part of the story. Woo! We did it. We told the first part of Julius Caesar's story. They said nobody can tell the whole story. Definitely not the first part. But here we are. Fucking doing it. You know? Just... You know, everybody thinks we're cucks. And... Yeah. I mean, I guess we're cucks, but we can tell a story. <laughs> we can yeah. tell a fucking story. Very Boom. well. That's what we do. We we tell stories and we get cucked. Okay? That's what we do. Mm. But there are a few things we left out of this story intentionally. Tease you a little. Because they're little bits. Little tidbits. A little French tickler. <laughs> yeah. If you will. Mm. Let us break out our feather duster. Rub it on your nether regions and tell you some fast facts. Fast fact number one. Newer sources claim that when Sulla pardoned Caesar, he said, quote, They ought to realize the one they so desire to save will one day destroy the party of the best men, which I and they have both defended. For in this Caesar, there are many Mariuses. Supposedly, Sulla recognized what 18 year old Caesar was destined to accomplish. Fast fact number two. Following the slave war, Marcus Licinius Crassus ordered the 6,000 male prisoners to be crucified at various intervals along the Appian Way from Rome to Capua. Unlike Caesar and the pirates, Crassus did not slit the prisoners' throats and allowed them to suffer through the crucifixion for daring to oppose Rome. Fast fact number three. When Caesar went to Spain the first time, he was incredibly upset when he had a dream in which he raped his mother. He visited a soothsayer who told Caesar it meant he was destined to rule the world, since Mother Earth was the mother of all. He's gonna go rape her. Hmm. Fast fact number four. We mentioned how Caesar loved to have sex with the wives of powerful men. This was not reserved for his political enemies. Not only did he have sex with the wife of Marcus Crassus, he also banged the wife of fellow triumvirate member Pompey. Despite all of this, the men were able to work together to further their own political agendas. And, let's be honest guys, that's what friendship is all about. All right, that does it for this episode of Hunter Proof History. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you check us out at HunterProofHistory.com. There you'll find a link to our Patreon, where for just $3 a month, you get access to old episodes, early releases, uh, new videos before anybody else, special videos no one else can see, all the good stuff, like 150 billion things that these normal humans don't get, and they're just holding on to $3 like a bunch of jackasses. But you, you can make a difference in the world. Mm. Also, check us out at 100 Proof History on social media. There you'll find memes, stuff related to all the stories we talk about, all that, posting all the time, just having a good time. But that is it for myself, your sexy host, Christopher, our esteemed invalid producer, Wolf Dick, Dan Dan, the intro man. I thank you for listening. Gregory, the main host. What else? I literally have nothing else. I was so glad to be able to bring forth the first part of the story. Yeah, and I can't spent. wait to do the second <laughs> half. Pizza, pizza. <laughs>
Mm. It's just like just like a hot and ready pizza. You just can't wait to have that second piece of cardboard uh, covered in fake cheese and <laughs> what a week become. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Caius hey, Julius. Can I I'm gonna go wipe my ass. Okay. I don't think I wipe well enough, it's itchy. Okay. Bam, 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 bam. Well, Julius' dad was a Roman senator. <laughs> that sound bad? Okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend our numerology listeners. 140 years. I wanted to get the. No, it was 150. I'm never wrong. I was wrong again. <sighs> yeah. I don't know what just happened with my words coming out of my mouth. Oh, that beer's getting to you, boy. I haven't even finished the first one. I should just drink whiskey. This is a waste of my damn time. <laughs> this shit's sobering me up. It is. I was feeling buzzed off of the like four ounces of old granddad I had. And I'm like, now I'm like, I don't even want this shit. Here's some whiskey. I don't have any. Oh. I want granddaddy back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have any. Your backdrop is literally 100 bottles of whiskey. <laughs> I'm running a fever. You are? Feels like it. I may just be flush. Your podcasting skills need to be flushed down the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing good. Fuck you. It's been a good episode, and I hate everything we've ever done. (laughs) You'll hate this in due time. Don't worry, my boy. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been a while since I could be how your vagina smells, yeah. I don't know. But I can still remember just the way you taste. That's what he says. Stained. That guy had heart problems. Or the guy from Everlast had heart problems. One of them had heart problems. I think it was Everlast. And I think Eminem made fun of him and it hurt his feelings. 2000 Beefs. Yeah. Whitey Ford sings the blues. (laughs) Is that what that is? That was the name of Everlast's big album. Oh, was it? Everlast sing that stupid fucking song. Then you might know what it's like to yeah. have. Lib- yeah, that song's so fucking terrible. It's okay. awful. Okay. <laughs> that song's so fucking. That's just first world problems as a song. Like, oh, you got problems? Well, check out this this chick who's who's having sex for money. Now, how do you feel? One the homeless okay. man. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you put yourself in their shoes, you might know what it's like. <laughs> to sing the blue. I was like, oh, I had a flat tire on the work today, but somewhere out there is a guy who had to rob somebody to make ends meet, so I guess I got it pretty good. Exactly. Fuck you, Everlast. My life sucks. Don't quantify me by compar- comparing me to other people, you fucking dickhead. <laughs> <laughs>